time for Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Chris L. Dillon and Shane K. Witty. Well, hello, you lucky devils. Yeah? You're listening to Spooky. The Spooky Podcast. My name is Chris L. Dillon. And I am Shane K. Witty. And we are coming at you from our beautiful Spooky World Headquarters <laughs> in gorgeous Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> The most spectacular of headquarters That's right. on the planet. That's right. But I mean, we are we are we are steadily making it better. We've got we've got a whole new setup. We're becoming pros. What's this? We got like technologies. Right. Our microphones are on arms and stuff, and we've got pop filters. Pop filters? Is that what they're called? <laughs> 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 We're becoming legitimate. Not that we weren't legitimate We're getting before. there. I'm not a bastard. <laughs> I know my dad. <laughs> Let's see. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode seven of Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. And how was your week, bud? Well, you know, now that we got all of our technology issues settled, <laughs> seeing how we yeah. tried to record this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And... We're actually um, we're actually two days late on recording this <laughs> we, we, we normally do. The poop hit the fan. It, it, it sort of hit the fan, but we got it sorted out. We got it. We got it going on. Yeah, we're at, we're in we're in a better spot technology wise than we were just even we a couple are, of days man. ago. We're all fancified. We're all fancified now. So now we're we're, we're fancified. We're, we're sophisticates. Because that's part of our that's part of our commitment to you, our listeners, is that we want to keep giving you high quality podcast episodes <laughs> so you can hear you can hear our our wonderful voices in, our, in nice clear our sophisticated you can ponder you can ponder our weekly musings in high quality clear sound or at least hopefully it's better than it has been. there you go i can totally talk with a lisp and spit all over this thing but i got this <laughs> pop filter and it'll totally block it from getting into the microphone that's right that's right that's right well and i appreciate the fact that we're not tethered to microphones anymore you know because we were like afraid to even move yeah like so they were not like so it didn't like pop off all ah damn it now they gotta listen oh man i farted and it was in my crotch oh everybody heard that oh just working it out just working it out it's fine but it's nice that we can we're actually in a position now where we can pretty much just sit down, turn everything on, and hit record, and we're podcasting. And tumbling. Yeah. No, we're not. No, we're not tumbling. Actually, I keep hearing that we should we should start moving into because we've got our we've got our Facebooks, we got our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Spooky Podcast, that we talk about pretty much every episode. But I keep hearing that we need to move on to other social media outlets. And no, stuff. don't don't get into Tumblr. It'll totally no mess Tumblr up definitely my, not. No, no, it'll totally mess up my porn feed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. Yeah. No, the one the one that people keep mentioning to me is that we should get a Twitter. We should have a Twitter. But the thing is, I don't even have a... I mean, I have a Twitter account that I made probably at least five years ago, and I've made maybe one tweet. I'm just not a... I'm not a, I'm not a tweeter. And so, like, I, I, I can't even come up with anything to tweet on my own personal deal. I don't know how... I don't know what I'd do if we had a Twitter for the podcast. So, I don't know. We'll work that out eventually. It'll be like all... 
Hashtag Shane been scratching his balls all fucking broadcast. Jeez, I've, got, man. I've got five pictures on as soon as I can find the right Instagram filters. You get to see those pictures real quick. And you, and you're the you're the technology one. I'm the pretty one. He's smart though. Just so you all know. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Well, no, you totally are. Oh, well, thanks. Well, thanks. But hey, Ben, can I ask this before? How was your week? It was good. Yeah. Kind of cathartic. Yeah. You know, my middle child uh, turned 16. Oh, Sweet 16. She's the girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of it. So, you know, and it's weird, like, being like this liberated man, mm-hmm. you know, total, you know, feminist type thing. <laughs> but... To see her turning into, you know, a, a young, young woman, yeah. you know, and it's been, it's been in the mail. Sure. I mean, sure. You know, cause birthdays are kind of like, you know, they just keep coming, man. They just like, they keep showing up once a year. They keep coming, but you know, so I'm there and I'm trying not, I'm not trying to be the cool dad, mm-hmm. but I'm also not trying to be like the asshole dad so sure. it's like a fine line to walk yeah you don't want you don't want to be the dad that's like <coughs> oh your 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 boyfriend's coming over let me let me break out the guns and be cleaning them oh god i want to take a clipper to his head like nobody's business <laughs> i'm sorry you know if you have the haircut of a new wave i don't even know how to put it I, I, I really don't. I just no, like, I, I no, hate I, this whole I, this one bang thing going on. No, I, I, I know exactly what you, what you're what you're saying because it's, it's sort of like it's 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 like a bastardized bastardized version of our own childhood coming back around. And I think that people like the generation before us experienced that when we were that age. Because I remember when we were that age, like the whole thing was like, oh, we all walked around in fucking like bell bottoms, and like we were, it was like the seventies all over again. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's like all the retro, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like when kind of we mixed with like school, the, the modern yeah. sensibilities or whatever, and that's what's <laughs> happening now is that like the kid, the kids are walking around and they've kind of they've they've got their own style, but it's definitely heavily influenced by the eighties. Oh no, no, my oldest, who made me a grandfather. Yeah. Thanks, oldest. Yeah. Good job on that, dude. Actually, no, very good job on that. It was, it was a good job. No. <laughs> your, your my grandson, my grandson's adorable. adorable. Yeah, I made it to my age in New Mexico before I made it, uh, or before I became a grandparent. Kind of a win. Yeah. Given my age. Yeah. I'm like, damn. I'm yeah. like actually like grandfather age. Right. You can be, you yeah, can be like I'm like in, a, in, in Albuquerque. You're like a. You get like one of those like one percenter patches. Or I know. I should. Patches. <laughs> <laughs> I should totally get one of those one percenter. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a granddad, and I'm approaching granddaddy. Uh, yeah. What's up? And I yeah. made it past forty before I became a grandfather. Yeah, that's not even. That's yeah, not but like milfs here can't even vote. <laughs> just so you know, anybody who's listening, <laughs> like, damn, that's a milf. She's seventeen. Oh, yeah. Like, in living in New Mexico, we actually have what I call gagilfs, mm-hmm. which is, you know, because a great-grandma in Al- in Albuquerque can be somebody who is 
well my age. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, because my, my son, he's 10 years old. He's he's fifth grade, his last year of elementary school. And um, I, when I go and pick him up from school, sometimes I feel real ancient. I'm like... <laughs> Like you know, I'm I'm still a young dude. I'm still a young strapping dude, but I but, but I'm like, I'm in the upper echelons of age picking up my ten year old. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but for whatever reason, you and I managed to skirt some uh, expectations when it comes to New Mexico babies. It's like my entire intention in life is to skirt expectations. <laughs> <laughs> No, so uh, she had her 16th birthday, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, like, I adore her. I got to meet some of her friends. Oh, nice. You know, her boyfriend was there, of course. Sure. And, you know, him and I are, like, starting to develop a relationship. I'm not, like, totally being that whole, ah! I don't know. So that part was good. Yeah. And... I'll post a picture of it later about the work environment <laughs> that I that I have. Oh, the um the mess the messages that or the message <laughs> that uh, the locals. Uh, I'm guessing they're just really huge Metallica fans. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. that makes sense. Totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll have that posted. You can you can see the uh, the communication. Some of the people in the neighborhood left for for you and yours at, at your work. I, yeah, I don't know if it was meant for me. No, I doubt it. But I'm going to just go ahead and assume that it was. And then the other thing is um, a couple days ago, me and, you know, I'm, I've referred to her as the Mrs. Mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah. Um. She's not officially the missus. Getting close. Getting close. Yeah. So we went and checked out the second location. Possible location. Possible location for wedding, but it was awesome. I got to spend all day with with her. Yeah. And I'm, you know, not trying to sound too cheesy, but it was a good day. We got to go out there. We got to go check around. Got a bunch of nature. Nature's good. Yeah. We've got lots of that shit here in the Mexico. Okay, no, no. And here's here's what I want to address about that, too. Mm-hmm. So then, on the route that we're on, we go through various different reservations. Right. Okay? So, this one. It is literally the most beautiful rest stop in the, the world that I've ever been at. Okay. As far as it comes to scenery. Right. And so they have like solid, like shed things, you know, covers. Yeah. And amenities. Amenities. And, yeah. you know, with electricity. Yeah. And they, you know, and and people on the reservation like run like their food stand out of it. It's like sure. food trucks, but stationary. Yeah. You got you've you got know, kind of a captive audience and too, not, people yeah, yeah, and, not and not in the truck. Sure. So I walk up to it. Mm-hmm. All right. We've been accustomed here in New Mexico to call them Navajo tacos. Right. Okay. Now, for those of you that don't know, 
Navajos and Pueblos, uh, Pueblo Indians are completely different. Right. Yeah, different tribes. Different got, tribes. We've got quite a few of them here in New Mexico. So, like, if you're in Gallup, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you're you're dealing with, you know, mostly Navajos. Mm-hmm. So, they're called Navajo Tacos. Right. Just like they are in Albuquerque. Yeah. So, I'm walking up to this place because we're going to get a Navajo Taco. Sure, yeah. And they're being delicious. a giant... They're yeah. delicious. And totally being a giant white guy, mm-hmm. right? Never try to insult anybody for anything. Sure. I'm walking up, and so they have their menu written out on a dry erase board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's called... And I know what I want. Mm-hmm. So you're and, just looking for it on the menu. You're, you're yeah, like, I'm looking for it on the menu. Yeah. No. It says on the menu, Indian taco. Right. Now, for those of you that don't live in the Southwest, <laughs> this is a very, very touchy subject. It's Yeah, it's a contentious word. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, the giant bald white guy <laughs> who's on the reservation has to walk up. And order an Indian taco? <laughs> what I know damn well, if I was to go to another place, if I was to even use the word Indian, yeah. I'd get, like, stabbed in my throat. Can we just call it a fry bread taco, please? Something, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll all know what you mean. Right. But, but it was still, it was delicious. Mm-hmm. They're very nice, but they, I don't know what to call it. I mean, we call it Spanglish when people can speak Spanish and English. Sure, yeah. Or they and, they, they mix it in conversations. So yeah, it's it's, it, it's not that they're you know bilingual. It's not just that. It's when they're having a conversation with somebody that also speaks English and Spanish. As they're talking, they kind of move between both. Yeah. Same thing. I don't know what to call it, yeah. but it, that's just. I mean, that's. Uh, some people might find the word maybe a little offensive, but here in New Mexico, it's a, it's a common it's a common word. It's not considered. Uh, I, I I would I would say it's not really considered like no uh, you know just, offensive to say but yeah we we call it Spanglish. It's not it's not coming from a mean place. It's just that's just how we it, we labeled it. Yeah, they totally just like switch, but they were totally doing that. They were totally they were like. Oh, and then he said, and then they'd go into their native tongue. Right. And I'm like, they're totally talking about me. They're totally talking about me right now. And they're making fun of me because <laughs> of my bald head and my crooked glasses. You sauntered up and you're like, I'd like an Indian taco. Yeah. No, it was a trap. That's what I had. I had Admiral Akbar in my head. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. They just want you to to, to say that <laughs> so they can stab you in the neck and be justified. <laughs> Anyhow, but that, that I'm sorry I rambled on too long. No, no, but that's fine. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say how was with my limited authority that you're you're fine. You're mm-hmm. fine. They're the ones who wrote it on the board on the menu, you know. So they made you say it, right? And I don't think it's that that bad, honestly. Like. The majority of the majority of people I know don't really they don't get 
real butthurt about saying no, Indian. No, no. But it, there is a, there is a contention to but it. Um, some people do have a contention about it, and yeah, I was like, uh It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting, given I'm, the ki- kind of climate that we're in. I'm gonna open up a diner and be like, "Oh, you want the meatloaf? Oh, what the Whitey Magoo? <laughs> the Whitey Magoo meatloaf?" <laughs> was it? Was he say yesterday the the, the Peckerwood Burger? <laughs> the Peckerwood Burger. I want to open a restaurant it's called even the got, Peckerwood. It's even got mayonnaise on it. <laughs> Now, now I want to open a restaurant and call it the Peckerwood. <laughs> and I'm not even 100% white. I'm only half. But anyway. how, was your, how was your week? My week was, my week was pretty good. I gotta, yeah, that sounds, uh, sounds great, man. That know. sounds really good. My week was pretty, was pretty good, fairly uneventful. You know, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I'm, I free, I'm a freelancer in, 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 in all of my endeavors, this one included. So it's... Uh, I don't really have a, like a schedule that I like adhere to. For the, I mean, other than my son's school schedule, that's the only schedule that I adhere to. <laughs> so, like, I gotta pick him up, otherwise CFD gets cold. Yeah, yeah, they have they have you know rules around that kind of thing. Um, so you know, my day, you know, take my son to school, and then I have the whole day to myself to do whatever I want, and then I pick him up, and then I have the whole rest of the day to kind of do whatever I want. So. Uh, and the only reason I'm saying that is because, like, every week, or like, how was your week? And I'm like, I sat around and I watched uh, TV shows. But that is honestly kind of what I do when I'm not, you know, working on something like this or, uh, like, a film project or whatever. Um, I sit around and I catch up on my pop culture. That's and, good because I am, like, falling so far behind <laughs> on pop culture. <laughs> People are like, oh. The Cosby Show isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> Hasn't been for a while, dude. <laughs> yeah. No. So, um, just kind of a lot of that, and other than other than whatever work I had to do, just kind of catching up on some shows. And uh, they finally put. I mean, I'm sure it's probably been on there for a while. But they put season five of Arrow up on Netflix, and I hadn't seen that season yet, and so I watched that. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. He's a good looking man. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, true. And you know, he gets up on. He starts doing that salmon ladder. Well, 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 Mr. Amell. Like, I kind of hate you, but at the same time, thanks. I totally <laughs> need to eat some kale apple salad and do some sit-ups <laughs> so I can be like you, and I'm going to take an archery course. <laughs> oh, well, off sub- a little off-subject, but I'm just going to, because since you mentioned it, why, what, is people's, what is people's damage about kale? Everybody's always so, oh, oh kale, it's so, uh, uh, you know. No, it's, it, the reason why people get snarky about kale is because people get so pretentious about kale. And it's so, it's like the backlash. I like kale, personally. I do, too. I, I, I really love but it. But when I get somebody at the supermarket that's all, oh, I only eat grass-fed kale. How do you grass feed kale? Okay, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've never actually had that sentence said to me, but that's the yeah. pretentiousness yeah. they come with it. All right, my my whole th- my whole thing is I'm like, why would you why would you sit there and complain about something like kale? People eating kale when there are things out there like arugula that is happening. <laughs> what? And that's, oh, I that's love been... that song by the Beach Boys. 
It's from uh, the movie Cocktail, right? Arugula, Jamaica. <laughs> no, and that's what I've been, that's what I've been noticing. Maybe a year ago or something, it was like you go and you buy a sandwich, and they're like, oh, there's kale on there. And I'm like, great. I love kale. Awesome. But now they're like, hmm, we're making this with arugula. And I'm like, why don't you just open up my sandwich and fart in it? It's going to serve the same purpose. The only real difference is, is that, like, that's the fart, it, if you put arugula on it, the fart flavor will also have some texture. No, that is exactly how I feel about Miracle Whip. Yeah, Miracle Whip. Everyone's like, oh, uh, uh, mayo, gross. Oh, I know. I need the zing of Miracle Whip. Here's how Miracle Whip is made. I have sources. All right. On this, yeah, the, the kind of the kind of sources that you would expect <laughs> from the spooky, the spooky so, podcast. The spooky podcast is so you're at the supermarket, you're a stalker. Wait, like stalker, stalker like you not stalk, not like you stalk not L K O C K. Okay, just okay. to clarify. You're not you're not like in the shadows. You stalk taking the taking clandestine pictures <laughs> you of the mayonnaise. <laughs> it is your job to rotate. The product. Fair, okay. Gotcha. All right. Set in the scene. All right. So you're like, oh, this mayonnaise is expired. Let me put it on this pallet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you just keep doing that. Right. <laughs> then, when you're done, a man in black from the Miracle Whip <laughs> <laughs> agency yeah. shows up. He's like, okay, is that all the expired mayonnaise? And the stock boy goes, or lady yeah stock person stock person goes yeah that's all the uh all the mayonnaise that all is the not mayonnaise fit for that, human consumption that is expired <laughs> he's like okay here's some pickled eggs and some really cheap beer tomorrow you, you're gonna consume mass quantities of both pickled eggs and cheap beer and then tomorrow you're gonna show up to work and you're super gassy and we're going to have a bag of lemons. So, your job is to put this out on the hot asphalt. All this expired mayonnaise on the the, the asphalt mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Yeah. Open up everything. Mm-hmm. And then after a night of consuming pickled eggs and cheap beer, you are to open each jar, fart in it, and squirt this lemon <laughs> into it. And then close the jar. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, this makes sense. And then you yeah. let it still sit out there and bake for four more days. Miracle Whip is gross, people. That's yeah. what I'm telling yeah. you. If you're doing Miracle Whip, you're wrong. Yeah. You are wrong. You can add all kinds of things to your mayonnaise to make it taste like other things. Mm-hmm. You know, give it a little spice, give it a little zest, whatever. You don't need Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip is the devil. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm, I imagine that once after the, after they've let it, you know, um, percolate or whatever ferment ferment in the sun and then they open up the jars i'm imagining there's probably like a maybe a greenish film on top that they then cut off and that's arugula mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll go with that, that they, no they cut no, off totally they cut true. off of the fart i got mayonnaise. sources i totally got sources <laughs> i can't name books. them but i have sources yeah well <laughs> <laughs> it's information they don't want you to have no because they don't want you to know the truth about arugula. So, you know, fine. If you want to go out there and eat your fart sandwiches, with your miracle whip and your arugula on them, fine. More power to you. 
quit bitching about kale if that's what you do in your life. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm just saying, just don't be pretentious about eating kale. That's all I'm saying. I know you love your kale, and you love your kale chips. I do. They're delicious. But I, I also, I, I mean, I don't go and, like, you know, scream the, you know, the praises of kale from, the you know, the rooftops either. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah. if there's kale available, I'm probably going to eat it. No, no, no. No, like... People that eat kale should be more like you because <laughs> the majority of people like all oh, that eat kale, it's like their religion mm-hmm. or their lack of religion. They are totally going to let you know whether or not they eat kale or not. Right. Okay. The majority right. of people, you, you are an acceptable kale <laughs> eater. <laughs> it's like, I'm not preaching the virtues of, of, of kale. Oh, okay. All right, so maybe maybe I, I, I wasn't aware that, that that kale eaters fell into a similar sort of category. Oh as no, say like vegans or Pink no, Floyd fans. yeah, no, they're totally <laughs> they're totally vegans or paleo people. <laughs> you know, like oh, like look, people. Here's the thing: whatever diet you're on, great mm-hmm. if it's working for you. Just don't get pretentious about it. <laughs> just, just seriously don't. <laughs> because nobody effing cares. Alright, fair about... enough. Fair enough. So at least I kind of understand the situation a little more. Yeah. It just, Still irritates you know. me, but fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But, so as you could probably tell, there's listeners out there, that uh, from our conversation now about kale and arugula and miracle whip that we are spooky the spooky podcast we talk about spooky things we do talk about spooky things and guess what what it's the spookiest month of the world well it's gonna be on the calendar it's gonna be when people hear this it's gonna be the day after a couple of days yeah right this comes out this goes out on friday it'll be october a couple of days after this okay a couple days after 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 it gets posted but we're, 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 in. we're moving in. We're moving into Spookytober. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But so yeah, we uh, coming up. Spock-tober? Coming up next. No, because that would bring up Star Trek, and you yeah. hate Star Trek. So yeah. something feels weird about Spooktober. Spookytober. Spookytober works. Spookytober. Spookytober. Because we don't we don't say or type the word spooky enough. So <laughs> not at all. But so we'll be moving. We'll be moving. next next month. We'll be obviously because it's sort of our wheelhouse. We'll be talking about uh, Halloweeny sort of things. But this episode, you're bringing something to the table. Well, I also want to let everyone know that we're kind of going to do a, a challenge with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a topic. Right. You were to watch the movie. Yeah, that's what's going on this week. And I, I, I don't fully. I don't fully know the whole scope of what we're talking about today, but there was a movie that you asked me to watch, and I did watch. And that movie was The Conjuring. And, you know, you're going to give me a movie topic, which we're not going to reveal until next week, Mm -hmm. to watch on your topic. All right. Okay. All right. So... (laughs) What do we got? What do we got this week? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, sorry. Let me get my serious voice on today. 
we're going to talk about the Warrens. Oh, fuck. <laughs> My favorite people. And I'm not talking about the shitty apartment <laughs> compl- <laughs> complexes. Um, <laughs> franchise in Albuquer- Albuquerque. Albuquerque reference. Um, I live in the Warrens. Holy shit. <laughs> like, oh shit. What, <laughs> what'd you do? <laughs> Holy crap. What do, you, what do you, what do you need? What do you need to turn your life back around? <laughs> Holy shit. Let me help you. Let me help. Let me help. So for those of you that may be listening to this <laughs> in places, not Albuquerque, there are a bunch of apartments in Albuquerque at various locations I guess we can call it a franchise. Yeah, I don't know if it's all owned by the same person or not. But but they're called the Warrens. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're shitty apartments. But yeah. they have reasonable rent. And you can get one for, um, yeah. you know, yeah, and uh, they have the, furnished. They have, they have the added bonus if you're if at some point in your life you're like, you know that movie Training Day with Denzel Washington? I'd love to live in that universe. I'm moving into the Warrens. <laughs> <laughs> you, but that's get a, you get a swimming pool and roaches for free. <laughs> it's all inclusive package. That's right. But that's not what we're talking about. That's no. not the Warrens we're no, talking about. No, not the Warrens we're talking about. We're talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Exactly. My favorite people. The super demonologist, clairvoyant <laughs> investigators, investigators that have so investigated you... over 10,000. 10,000? 10,000, yeah. son. Yeah. So the thing is, is if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the Warrens, you actually are very familiar with the Warrens. Um, if you're interested in horror or any of that sort of stuff, because they were the people that investigated, that investigated and, and put out information about the Amityville horror, they were a part of that. Um, the Conjuring, which we're going to talk the, about today. Yeah, we're talking about today. The the, the Annabelle, Annabelle doll, yeah. yeah. Um, which uh, the actual doll is very different from the one in the movies, because um, the actual doll, the actual Annabelle doll, is uh, a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Um, Which is hilarious to me because it was presented as a gift to somebody that just graduated from nursing school. And for those that don't know, Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy were part of the anti-vax movement of the early 1900s. The creator creator of that daughter died from getting vaccinated. And so... He created Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. I don't know the whole story about it, but I know that he was like super anti-vax. Sure. Don't vax your kids. Obviously, I mean, your kid died because, sure. you know, got a bad vaccination. Maybe that was the case. Maybe it was because, I don't know, it was 1900 and yeah, no, rickets I mean, were still a it thing. Was, it was a different time. It's, you know, that sort of sentiment I could kind of understand, you know, maybe back then. It's a different time. Because, you know, they're, they're learning about this sort of thing. Like, I'm going to vaccinate your child. And you're like, well, what's going on with that? And they're like, well, we're just, you know, we've made a, we've made a concoction out of, you know, c- cocaine and ground up crickets. And we're gonna, now we're going to put it, you know, inject it into your child. And that will keep them from getting, you know, the scurvy <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, I can understand. I can understand that sentiment about being a little wary about vaccines in the early 1900s. It's well, a little no, different the thing now. is, my mom had a bunch of Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy dolls, mm-hmm. and they even had like blackface ones. Yeah, yeah, no, they're pretty. I'm like all. Yeah. Like, like you think back on it, you're like, hmm? yeah. You're like, that really wasn't that long ago. But holy shit! <laughs> but yeah, they don't know. So the the actual doll is a rag- Raggedy Ann doll. But like the doll that they made for the movie is a doll that no one in their right mind would ever buy for anybody at any age. Why is it because you're anti ginger? Is that what it is? No, is that what it is? No, it's because it's the most terrifying doll ever created by. Oh, Dan. okay. All like, right, I can go with that. And then, and then they want to put it in a movie and go, yeah, we give this to our daughter. <laughs> like, no, you wouldn't. No one would do that. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you could be, you could be Morticia Adams. You wouldn't give that doll to your kid. Anyway, that is not what we're really talking. <laughs> All about. right, well, we're talking about the Warrens. We're talking about the Warrens. And so the, the Warrens, they're. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Warrens, there's tons and tons and tons of information. But here's Cliff Notes. Uh, ever since I think maybe they started in the '60s, maybe the '70s. I think late started, 60s, early 60s, 70s. Like it was mm-hmm. a couple, a uh, Christian couple, who believed very Catholic. much. Catholic. you're right. Absolutely. Um, they believed very much in God and the devil and demons. They didn't believe in vampires. They didn't believe in werewolves. But they certainly believed in demon possessions, ghosts, things like that. And they made a career out of, and I'm air quoting this with my fingers. You can't see it. Investigating these things. They are the premier world premiere paranormal investigators at least they were during the 60s 70s 80s any sports fans out there they're basically babe ruth willie mays hank aaron yeah and uh nolan ryan all rolled into one yeah in the and paranormal then, shyster and then, business and then topped off with some from football roger staubach and a side of from the NHL, Gordie Howe, and another side of um, Michael Jordan. So yeah, you know, yeah. they they are the premier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 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 uh, they're emperor and empress shyster, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of the Warrens. Um, the apartments or the people, either, or both, either or. <laughs> The only thing that made it worse is if the Warrens lived in the Warrens. Um, <laughs> oh, my but, God. Maybe that's what happened. We're talking about a very specific case that the Warrens, uh, quote, unquote, investigated in the early 70s, mid-70s, um, that the movie The Conjuring is based off of. Now, I'm now where we're coming from on this one is that I've only seen the movie. Uh, I'm not familiar with this, quote, unquote, case outside of the film which i just watched last night yes but you you're, gonna, you're gonna hit me with quote unquote the facts and let's see how this <laughs> all right out. the facts so family mm-hmm. scores an awesome deal on some real estate oh nice good for them like 200 acres yeah nice house well, a farmhouse. Great kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great deal. It doesn't look like anything like the the actual house. Does not look anything like the house that's in the movie. I, I imagine. I don't understand what it is about horror movies where you know to make it spookier, they make it a plantation style house. Right. 
Christ. Like, seriously, this is a house you'd, you'd find in the suburbs somewhere. Sure. But it was <coughs> but it was initially initially on 200 acres. Yes. Which was later kind of parceled out. It was parceled out for, you know, monetary reasons. Yeah, so had different, they had different buildings and stuff on this land. But the main thing was this house, which te- yeah. technically speaking is a farmhouse, but it's not the kind of farmhouse you're thinking well, of. Well, yeah, it's not. It's whatever you're conjuring up in your head. It's not. It's a ranch style house from the 1960s. Just so you know, right? Yeah, but we're talking about and I'll again, post a again, picture I'm, of it. I'm going off of information from the movie itself. So we've got a couple who have seven kids, or is it total, five? Five kids. It's a total of seven people in the family. Yeah, mom and dad, five kids, mm. all girls. All daughters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Setting the stage. Here we go. They just got this house. Good deal. Good deal. We're going to raise our family here. We got 200 acres. We're going to buy some goats. Hey, sounds some great. Some Labradors. Yep. Have them run around. American dream. We'll get a freaking, we'll grow some tomatoes out <laughs> in the garden. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it's in, Idyllic. It's in, yeah. It's, it's in Rhode Island. Oh, uh, okay. And they're there, you know, living the American dream all. Oh, hey, sweet. So, there's some problems with the house. Common, common thing, buy a house, got some you issues. Know, yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, you're like, all, oh, I don't like the wallpaper the last residence had. Yeah. It's the same um, same pipes that were installed when they oh, built the house. Oh, they're kind of maybe yeah, need some fixes. Yeah, we should probably update it. that, you know, kinda, you so know, our toilets can flush. Yeah. You know. Standard, standard you know, home ownership kind of thing. But, so this family buys the house, to buy buy the house, buy the property, move in. Right. A, from what I got gathered from the movie, it was like a kind of a, a, a deal they got. They bought it directly from the bank. It was like a bank auction kind of thing. Yeah, it was. They it didn't was, know anything about the house or the history of the yeah. house or any of this sort of thing. They just, they're like, this is a great deal. We've got all the kids in the world. We need a place to live. They buy this house. Great deal. So now the family claims that there was a permanent stench of rotting flesh. And like, did they even go view the house before they moved in? Because if there's a permanent stench, that would be something you would notice upon, hey, let me check out this house. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let Ed, he- you know, not Ed. It was the Perone family that moved in. Right. You know, whatever the, the husband's name was. Like, all, you know, it's, the, it's you know, 1970. Yeah. It's still it's, very yeah. much that whole, you know, patriarch, matriarch thing. Like, woman, <laughs> you know, cleans the kitchen. Right. Man fixes up things. Right. Yeah. Is that sort of. But, like, do they show up if there's a permanent stench of rotting flesh? (laughs) Was the husband like, oh, well, with this deal we're getting. I'll just find find the source and I'll clean it. I'll buy you all the bleach you need in the world. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And you can scrub the hell out of it. What I I got from the movie was that, no, they didn't didn't check out the house before they bought it. They just got a great deal on it. The first time they, they saw the house was when they pulled up with all their stuff in the car. And the way they presented it in the movie was that the stench, the stench of rotting flesh didn't actually present itself until a couple of days after they were already there. And it wasn't like a pervasive thing throughout the whole house. It was a stench that would sort of move around the house. And like you just kind of be walking through a room and you're like, whoa, what the, what is that? What the f- 
Suzette, and then you kind of move past the cloud of stench. Mm. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, and then okay. later on, you might smell it in another room. Okay. That's kind of how they present it in the movie. But not only do you have this permanent stench, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every morning at 5.15, everybody's bed gets levitated. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. And before we get into the details of this, so you have a permanent smell of rotting flesh right. every morning at exactly 5.15, your bed gets levitated. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you stay there. Hmm. I don't give a shit. Find your fucking third cousin or whatever. I'm stone cold atheist. If my bed levitates once... <laughs> <laughs> I am fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> Done. And I'll go light a candle at mass. I'm like, <laughs> nope. Going back to mass. Yep. Bed levitating. Yep. Smell of rotten flesh. No. <laughs> now, I don't, fu- I don't fully recall whether they had that in particular in the, in the movie. But they had a thing where it was like at 3.07 a.m. every night. The clocks would stop. And then weird stuff would happen. I think they had a levitation. I don't know if it was a whole bed, but I know somebody definitely levitated at some point in the movie. But there was was 3.07 a.m. That was a big thing. No. It's probably some weird thing about the producers or whatever. And we're like, oh, no, I need 3.07 and a giant spider. (laughs) Producers. Yeah, but no. As a stone cold atheist, I would be the fuck out of that house quicker than shit <laughs> i woke up to my bed levitating right you know or the smell of rotting flesh because i've had the i've had the great privilege of actually smelling it right it smells good from like you know far away yeah you're like oh oh my god somebody making sweet bread yeah yeah there's like some a pastries Fucking, is there a Cinnabon in the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you cross an imaginary line and your body just goes into full freaking reptile brain mode all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just smash you in the face. Yeah, it just, yeah. yeah you're like, all, oh, I thought I was going to get some confectionaries. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, no <laughs> I'm not. It's rotting flesh. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, I, I think I'd go with you on that. I'd, I'd, I'd do the same thing. I'd be out of there. So we know what we would do. Yeah. But what did they actually do? They actually stayed in the house huh. for ten fucking years. Ten years? Ten years. Okay. All you right. know, nine, ten years, whatever. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, it's, the various Roughly. reports fluctuate. Uh, they right. stayed longer than a night, okay? <laughs> too, too long. <laughs> yeah. Too long. Gotcha. The first time their beds levitated at 5.15 and they weren't out of there by 6.30 in the morning. They are in the fucking wrong. Get your shit. Get yeah. your shit. <laughs> yeah, no. They were like, it's just something we're going to have to get used to. You know? Yeah. We'll get some livestock. That yeah. way when you get woken up at 5.15 a.m., <laughs> when the spirits come, 
<laughs> you can get out there and feed the livestock. Water and feed them damn horses, goddammit. Now, we discussed this a, a, little, a, a little bit before we started recording. And they actually, they do sort of, uh, they talk about that a little bit in the movie. In okay. a very confusing, shitty way. <laughs> Because at some point in the movie, and I don't remember exactly how it goes down, but they're t- they're talking about it at this point. At this point in the movie, they've got Ed and Lorraine there to kind of figure stuff out. We haven't gotten to that in the real life story yet, but um, in the film, they're talking to Ed and Lorraine, and one of them asks, "Like, why are you even still here? You know, why why would you even stay?" And you know, the dad says something along the lines of, "Like, look, we uh, I've got all my money, everything I've got tied up into this house." I can't. I can't afford to like take my five kids and my wife to go to like even a hotel for even a night. We don't have any family around, friends or anything like that. We're fairly new to the area. We don't have anywhere to go, and we don't have the money to go anywhere. So that's why we've sort of stuck around. And in the movie, it sort of seems like maybe they've been in the house maybe a month at this point. But they've they've in the film they've clearly they've thought about it, but they just don't have anywhere else to go. But in the in the film, the the Ed and Lorraine are like, well, it doesn't really matter because for whatever convoluted reason, even if you left, it would go with you. So don't even worry about that. <coughs> a lot of hand, hand little, there's just like a scene of just sort of hand waving of these sort of questions. hand gestures. Yeah. Oh, well, they could have left the way, they, the way they sort of portray uh, Ed Warren, especially in the film is he's, he's basically just like such a, badass you know he's seen everything he's, he's been fighting demons his whole life but if you look at pictures of actual ed warren yeah, no. <laughs> he, look, he looks like my ninth grade history teacher <laughs> he looks like a weather man <laughs> <laughs> and there's gonna be like a super storm coming in and <laughs> ghosts <laughs> <laughs> But they make they make it a point in the movie to to say that uh, he's uh, Ed, Ed Warren is. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was like he's he's the only person, of course, that was allowed to do. According to the Catholic Church, he's the only person who is not ordained that was allowed to perform exorcisms. Okay, he was recognized by the Vatican as a demonologist. He's the o- he's the only person that is not ordained is not a part of the Catholic Church in that capacity. Yeah, that is considered a demonologist by the Catholic Church. <laughs> but they, they they went through great pains in the movie to kind of to, to let let that be known that Edward Ed Warren in particular he's this very specific sort of badass that the Vatican recognizes uh, to fight demons. They don't kind of go into the backstory of that. They don't the, how he got to become. You know, the Indiana Jones of demonology. Probably got touched as a kid by a priest. And they're like, okay, look, we're not going to ordain you, but yeah, no, you can totally do this demonology thing. No, we'll totally recognize that. You just don't say anything about, you know. Right. And so, and then, and then Lorraine, his wife, she's, uh, she's a clairvoyant, telepathic empath. Powerful. Powerful. Empath. Well, no, I heard, uh, what, from my research, it said she was like a light empath. I don't know what that means. I don't know. 
I'm just going off of what the movie said. I mean, I've I've done my own kind of independent research on the Warrens. As I've already said, I'm not a big fan of yeah, the Warrens. Yeah, no, no. As soon as I brought this topic up, you were like, oh, really? You're going with the Warrens? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And you're like, fucking hate the Warrens. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, as, as a, uh, uh, you know, kind of growing up being a huge horror uh, film fan, um, you know, obviously Amityville Horror uh, back in the late 70s yeah. or 80s when that came out, um, that's, you know, it was a big horror movie. And then it's like you do a little bit of research into that story and it's sort of like, oh, well, you know, people living in this house, you know, a guy farted in his sleep and it woke him up and now, you know, so they call Ed and Lorraine and they show up and they're like, whoa, demons, you know, and then you got an ass demon. Yeah. We got, we better write a book. I and smell then... sulfur. <laughs> <laughs> I had eggs last night. <laughs> yeah. I work, for, I work for the Miracle Whip Corporation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and then, Miracle and then... Whip ain't going to make itself. <laughs> That was sort of their big. That was sort of their big, big break into like the mainstream. It was when the the uh, Amityville Horror book was put out, mm. which was, uh, you know, even for people who believe in this sort of stuff, it's pretty well known that ninety nine percent of the Amityville Horror book was all bullshit. <laughs> even people who believe in this stuff will tell you Amityville Horror was bullshit. And then they made the movie. The movie was huge, and that really brought the Warrens into kind of the public conscious. <laughs> They're like, oh, what? We can get paid for this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, your house is totally haunted. Um, I'll I'll only charge you fifteen bucks an hour, which in like nineteen seventy nine would be, you know, that, that's a pretty good wage. Hell, depending on where you live in the country, that's a pretty good wage now. Yeah, we're fighting for that right now. Yeah. Shit. Just as a living wage. Anyway. Anyhow, the main culprit, demon. That they think it is. Okay. I'm totally gonna fuck this name up like nobody's business. Demons' names aren't easy. Which one do we got? All right, this is the ghost. All right, or the demon. I don't know. I'm right. not sure exactly how she was classified. She could be a phantasm or that's, a spook. That's all right. After watching after watching the movie, like I, I I'm pre- I'm fairly certain that Ed and Lorraine Warren didn't know the difference between a ghost and a demon. So, but carry on. Name of this name of this entity. The the name of the entity that is most commonly uh, associated with this phenomenon is Bathsheba. Yeah, Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's that's how they pronounce it in the movie. Bath Bathsheba. Is that how they pronounce it? Okay. And so you know, getting into the biblical lore and stuff. Bathsheba was King David saw her bathing. He had inclinations. But who was the real Bathsheba Sherman? Who was the real Bathsheba Sherman? She married a fellow Rhode Islander named Judson. Oh, okay. Sherman. Judson Sherman. She took his name. Took his name. And told him he couldn't play the banjo anymore. He had to go to the spoons. Because <laughs> Judson sucked at the banjo. <laughs> different time. Different but he times. could play. And she could play the washboard like nobody's business. <laughs> she got those special gloves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
had a finger full of thimbles. <laughs> the best thing is about the person that performed their wedding. I'm sorry, I find this name hilarious. And it's a fairly common name. It's not like super common, but it's fairly common. Hmm. Vernon. Vernon, all right. Well, like, what years are we talking about right now? Uh, 1844. Okay, 1844. Our default position. Everything happened in the 1850s. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere around there, the mid-1800s. That's a spooky time. (laughs) Spooky time, time. So we've got Bathsheba and Judson Sherman. Getting married by Vernon Stiles. Vernon Stiles. And then they move into this house on the 200 acres in Rhode Island. Are they they're like one of the original owners of this this house? Yeah, they're like the second or third like actual owners of the house. Mm-hmm. But Sheba is, you know, at that time, you know, you have as many kids as possible. Sure. Because, you know, the Ricketts yeah. or scurvy could yeah. set in at any time. <laughs> the scarlet fever, diphtheria, typhoid. Yeah. You're just you're hoping you can get a kid or, or two through that. To help, on, yeah, help out on the farm. Go clean up after the fucking cows on the farm. Yeah. Sheba started having some babies. One, Herbert L. Sherman. All right. Strong. Strong <laughs> name. Now, supposedly, she had three to four more children that never lived past the age of seven. All right. So, That's pr- it was rumored that she... Killed all the other kids. Oh, okay. Except Herbert. Except Herbert. So, she supposedly killed, like, all of her kids back in that day. And still true to this day. You live in a small town, everybody knows your business. Sure. And they'll paint you however they want to paint you. But supposedly, she killed her kids. But she managed to live into, into her 80s, you know. And see her son get married. Okay. But when she died, supposedly, now that's the presence that's at this house. Okay. All right. All right. Now, so, now let me just say, in the movie, Bathsheba's in the movie, and the way they tell the way, the way they tell it is that um, they had a a baby daughter, Judson and. Bathsheba had a baby daughter. Judson. Yeah. And one day, Judson comes home to find Bathsheba, who is a witch. She is getting ready to sacrifice the daughter to the devil. Yes. Now, I don't recall whether she was successful or not. I was having a hard time, at least in the beginning, like keeping up with what was going on in the movie. (laughs) Because, honestly, it was boring me to tears. Um, but as it goes in the movie, so he, he catches her in the act, whether she does it or not, I don't recall. Um, but Bathsheba, who is a witch controlled by the devil, she then runs out into the night, into the 200 acre land and climbs up a big tree out in the front yard and declares to the world that she loves the devil and no one will ever be able to encroach upon her land. And then she hangs herself <laughs> from the big branch on the tree. No. And so now Bathsheba is has has inhabited the house 
her evil witch spirit is part <laughs> is part of the house that this family has moved into. That's what goes on in the movie. Okay. So, you know me in movies. Yeah. We're kind of like, you know, oil and water. I'm like, oh, okay. I find one movie I like, I'll watch it repeatedly. But, yeah. according to all my research, the Shiva died at 81 by, like, just... Well, she was 81 in the 1800s. That's like yeah. that's like living to be 147 in today's time. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but the way the way that we present in the movie is that she was probably our our <coughs> our age ish, and uh, when she when she declared her her witchness, her love of the devil. Yeah, she there, hung herself. Th- there are rumors, you know, you know, small town rumors of her being a witch. Right. Mm. They never convicted her <laughs> of it. I don't know. In in the movie, she's a witch. We can all just accept this fact. And she has inhabited the house. Anyway. She dies. All right. Okay. Nothing of note from when she dies until this one family, the Perones, buy the house. Okay. And then suddenly there's a sudden... And permanent stench of rotting flesh, mm-hmm. you know, weird lights, weird noises. <laughs> Standard haunted house shit. Yeah. Okay. So at what point during the ten, ten-ish years did they get the Warrens involved? The Warrens came in in, I don't know, halfway through the ownership. Okay. Like, like six or seven so years So a few years in. A few years in. Yeah. Okay. Like, after all, enough hey, kids, enough. shut the fuck up, <laughs> eat your goddamn Cap'n Crunch, and just deal with the stench, okay? Right. But a few years <laughs> and the in, levitating beds. We need, we need to bring in some yeah, we experts. We need to bring in some professionals. <laughs> the children that grew up in the house still swear that every freaking word of that is true. They totally support The Conjuring. <laughs> Uh, movies like nope, that shit fucking happened. That happened. And so there's been two more owners since then. Okay. One was a minister and his wife. They said, "Yeah, there's nothing happening here." And the Perone family members are like, "Well, that's because he's a man of God, and so the demons won't show up yeah, well, yeah. in the face of okay. the Lord." Right. And then the next ones, they're like. Yeah, we've seen some weird stuff around the house, you know, but it's not like what they're saying. It's like typical shit that happens in a house. In a house yeah. that's old as hell. Sure. You know, like, all, oh, we saw some fog in the hall. They're not saying, oh my God, <laughs> it's the Phantom of Bathsheba. So, okay, so. Obviously, and I'm going to put this obviously in the description and, and everything for this. Uh, clearly, there's going to be heavy spoilers for the movie The Conjuring. Um, if that if that concerns you, at this it point. came out eight years ago. There's no such thing as a spoiler now. <laughs> you never know. You got to we got to cover our ass and say it. But anyway, <laughs> the movie. Here's the thing. I like horror movies, and for the most part, it was it was an okay horror movie. Um, it falls under the same sort of thing that I hate about modern horror movies where it's basically jump scare in the movie. And ah. the, the tension is so manufactured and is telegraphed, you know, 
from halfway across the world. It's like, oh, it's gotten real quiet all of a sudden. Now it's just the countdown to the jump scare. And that's the, the you know, the main thing of the movie. But the way they sort of portray it in in the film is that, and I understand, I've written, you know, I, I work in the movie industry. Mm-hmm. I make movies. Yeah. I understand about screenplays. You got you to gotta make this stuff more entertaining. But they've, they, they convoluted the whole thing uh, to a point that is so laughable. Because in the film, is they, they discover that, you know, we've got this story about Bathsheba and Judson or whatever, but that's not the only history of the house. No. In the, in the film, like in, in the intervening years between uh, Bathsheba and this family moving in, there there's all these other incidents of, I think there was something about a maid who ended up having, like killing somebody and she, like in the basement, she committed suicide or something. What? In there the was, like, basement? In the basement, of course. And then there was like, there was like a little boy at some point who was like abused or something. He used to hide in like this hole in the wall from the, from somebody, but he ended up committing suicide too. And then there are like people who like hung themselves from trees, not just Bathsheba, but other people who hung themselves from trees. So the house in, in the movie, they, they basically say that this house is haunted by all of this stuff. You've got Bathsheba. You've got the little boy who I think is named Rory because one of the little girls, mm, she finds yeah. a music box that is haunted by Rory and they become no, little, the, his like anim, imaginary friend. It just like builds, right? They're like, no, it's Bathsheba. Oh, but. <laughs> well, it's almost like they, they assigned this uh, a ghost or a demon to like everyone in the family for the mm-hmm. most part. It's like the mom, yeah. the mom's dealing with Bathsheba. This little girl's dealing with the little boy. This person over here is dealing with the maid. This person over here is, the, you know, so they've all kind of got their own personal <laughs> kind of bullshit. And the way they kind of show it is that uh, Lorraine and Ed show up for the first time. And Lorraine being, you know, the clairvoyant empath she immediately sees these these black shapes the this darkness that is attached to the various uh, family members and i just want to know what did the perone family do just like god <laughs> to, to make him assign demons to all of them <laughs> right. demons well ghosts, and the only, the only one they really kind of got into was that the idea is that bathsheba ends up she she wants to sort of take over the body of the mother so that she can then go and sacrifice the children, kind of finish what she wanted to, to do, her witch, her witch thing, her, well, you know, and her, her witch to do list with the history of her finish. killing her kids. You know, right. I mean, that kind of keeps a yeah. And then so the, in in the movie story, it's like Judson stopped her from killing the the the, the baby, maybe, and then so she's got her little witch to do list that she's got to finish. And so that she's taken over the mom's body and then is going to like kill the children or whatever. And then, so, and then it gets so convoluted, complicated because as they're having a conversation with Ed and Lorraine and Ed and Lorraine are like, this is what's going on. There's all these ghosts in your house. Um, it's, you know, uh, I, we would say that, you know, you should leave, but you can't leave because for whatever reason, these presences have now latched onto your family. So even if you were to leave, the presences will now go with you. Right. You it's don't no longer have money attached to, to leave, house. but you have the money to hire us. Right. Well, in the in the movie, they they put it out as Ed and Lorraine aren't getting paid for this. This is something oh, they're doing out of no. their oh, the kindness service. of their hearts to help this family. Um, and they totally weren't trying to sell the the rights to the story or anything. Okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Not, I'm not planning on writing okay. a book later. Mm. Um, but uh, but it gets it's it's. The, the logic kind of keeps going back and forth and it doesn't make a lot of sense when you put it together because they're like, well, the first off, 
they they don't flat out they don't say they keep calling it's either a demon or it's a ghost. They're ghosts or they're demons. Well, I they mean, don't make that clear. You gotta look at it through the Warren's eyes, Chris. Have a little bit of empathy here, okay? So I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, Va- I'm not a Vatican approved demonologist. Ed <laughs> is a demonologist. He's dealing with demons. Lorraine. Well, she's dealing with ghosts, is what you're saying. Because she's a clairvoyant. Duh. Right. And it just so happens in this story, it's they're one and the same, but they're not. Maybe it's a ghost demon. Maybe it's a demon that was slaughtered <laughs> by the archangel Michael <laughs> but on see, the spot where the house was built. Well, see, here's here's where here's and where the complication the ghost of, it of a demon is, that I don't understand. <laughs> So they tell them they tell them that the, these these entities have now attached themselves to the individual people in the family. <laughs> However, Ed and Lorraine need to come in and perform an exorcism, not on a specific person, on the house itself. That's going to take a lot of holy water. Yeah, but it's like, but the but they're not attached to the house anymore. They're attached to the family. So wouldn't you do an exorcism on the family? But that's what they end up having to do. Is they have to do an exorcism on the mother, which somehow clears up the whole situation with all the other ghosts. And then there's this whole sort of subplot where it's like, well, Ed at this point is not – he's not allowed by the Vatican to perform exorcisms by himself. So he has to go to the Catholic Church and be like, look, this is – here's the evidence that I've collected for my investigation. Can you send a priest out to do an exorcism? And then they have to – they're waiting for – uh, approval from the Vatican, which they end up getting, so they're sending a priest out, but everything comes to a head, and Bathsheba has now really possessed the mom, and she's gone crazy, so Ed and Lorraine have to perform the exorcism themselves, and and, and, and stop the mom, who is also Bathsheba, from sacrificing one of the children, and that's kind of the climax of the film, is that they end up performing this exorcism, getting rid of Bathsheba, all, all is all is good in the world. They've, Ed has banished banished Bathsheba back to hell. God bless Ed. Right. And 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 I, and I think I told you this before we started recording. I mean, the movie was terrible. I hate the Warrens. But to be perfectly honest, I'm probably going to watch The Conjuring too. <laughs> because, I need closure because it's not even closure. It's just like they, they kind of got me on the fact because like I'm, I'm I'm into this whole like because they're presenting Ed and Lorraine as these as this you know no it's totally benevolent true. sort of they're these demon hunters and they you know they're traveling around so like the, the Conjuring Two is demon! like another story from the case demon hunters from the case files of the Warrens <laughs> case files yeah and so like okay. As much as I hate the Warrens and the actual like, like uh, present, they, presented uh, this way, I'm kind of into it. They should have called themselves the Warren Commission. That way, they could have tied <laughs> into all the whole JFK stuff too. Right. <laughs> well, and they even have it because they're they're showing this thing, and I don't even know. I don't know how true this is in real life, but like they kind of show that the Ed and Lorraine they travel around, they go to different universities, and they have they hold classes or talks and stuff where they're showing their evidence. They're talking about demons. And there's even a scene where one of the students is like, so what do we call you? Like, what is this job that you do? And Ed's like, well, some people, you know, call us demonologists, demon hunters, uh, you know, just coming up with, you know, uh, and then Lorraine's like, but we just prefer to be called Ed and Lorraine Warren. 
You're like, oh, shit. Drop the mic, Lorraine. (laughs) (laughs) So I will admit, I will admit, like, even though it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I am kind of intrigued to watch the other movies. And I I haven't seen Conjury 2. I haven't seen the spinoff, the Annabelle movies. um, But I I actually might watch them now because they, they were kind of fun, popcorn-y kind of kind of stuff no popcorn movies are great and you know how i am with movies i am like movie allergic yeah until i find one that i like and then i'm like what do you mean it's not okay to watch tropic thunder every day for you know 75 days in a row hey you know you don't know me it's like comfort food it's like comfort food (laughs) same sort of thing i do the same thing with the warriors movies like that like just put it on i just want to I just want like a really shitty, like cock rock version of Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> yeah, but like, and like I said, I've only seen The Conjuring, but I, I will at least say, yeah, I watch them. They're fun. They're fun. <laughs> Separate yourself from the supposed air quote reality of it based on a true story. Separate yourself from that. You got fun little little uh, horror movies based on a true story. You know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like. No, this really happened to me. Okay. (laughs) It's based on a true story. I mean, it was a story that was told to me by a person. So that makes it true. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong in this. I think it's not even uh, because there's actually there's 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 sort of a movie language to that sort of thing. And I, and if I remember right at the beginning of the movie, it doesn't say based on a true story. I think it says based on true events. And in the in the movie industry, that actually means different things. Okay, is you can say if you say based on a true story, and I and I might be a little off on this, but this is what I recall right now, is that the majority of the elements are factual, or at least okay. provable. But if you say something like, "Oh, well, this is based on true events," you can basically make the thing ninety nine point nine percent bullshit. It's like. People are like- because so you could basically just go like you could make up whatever you want and but go but this is this person was a real person this is a real person Ed and Lorraine Warren went to a house in Rhode Island in the 70s okay so, so this movie is based on um, true, true events. events that did happen Ed and Lorraine Warren did go to this house <laughs> yes in the they 70s. did okay so there's your baseline <laughs> of truth okay and then you can make everything else in the movie complete bullshit and you can get away with based on true events, but you couldn't say that for based on a true story. Uh, so, like the more, so is the, there more like the, a the more vague, is there like a percentage factor there? I think it's kind of unspoken, kind of you know, it's just <laughs> it's like a it's wink, just, wink, the nudge, more, nudge type. <laughs> the more vague you are in that declaration, in that statement, mm. the more bullshit you can you know the movie is going to be. And Lorraine Warren, go to Rhode Island. In, in, in Based that, on true events, in, in that Lorraine scenario, you could say, and they, they didn't do that. Shot at the time. a unicorn, and they had unicorn steaks for <laughs> dinner. Like, and, and that's more of kind of a fairly new thing. But you could say, like, if they were to put out, if if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out now, they okay. could very easily say based on true events. Now, the events of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is entirely fictional, but it's based off of Ed Gein. Yeah. So. The, the events and the characters are so loosely based on that, but they took it as inspiration. They can say based on true events. Okay. You know, same thing with Silence of the Lambs. The exact same thing. 
based on true events. Well, Hannibal Lecter is also based off of that game. Yeah. So you could say that. Based okay. On All right. <laughs> so that's based on. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And I might have that maybe you know maybe the true story bit uh, real events I might have that mixed up a little bit, but that's kind of the base of it. That's how it 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 works. <laughs> but so what I'm hearing is is that in this in the real quote unquote real life scenario, Ed did not banish Bathsheba because uh, it sounds like the people who have lived in the house in the intervening years. They're like, yeah, something, something's weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post a couple links on the site. <laughs> One will be a picture of the farmhouse in the 1800s, where somebody says that's a picture of Bathsheba. It's a picture of a bunch of people, because you know, you have to have a bunch of people <laughs> <laughs> working in a farm. <laughs> But um, I'm also gonna point. Uh, I'm gonna post a link to the the resident that's like debunking all the shit that the Perone family is saying. Right. But I mean, Perone's the Perone family is like, oh, if I keep saying this shit, man, I'm gonna totally get that fucking royalty check. Yeah. No, yeah, we should you know, totally and do I don't, that. I don't even blame them. Yeah. Let's be honest with you. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> We're, we're starting to run a little long on this episode anyway, but I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not fond of the Warrens, but I do find the, their story to be fascinating. And so if any of this stuff, uh, there's, I mean, you can find information about the Warrens everywhere all over the internet. If that if that interests you, you can find that, that information. Um, check out The Conjuring if you haven't. It's all right. You know. As it is, I, I grew up as a big fan of horror movies. I still am a fan of horror movies, and I'm not a big fan of horror movies now. And the big difference is, is that I I don't think they make horror movies anymore. They make startle movies. <laughs> That's actually a really good assessment of what they do. Yeah, it's I, I have ah! <laughs> exactly <laughs> like you got startled for a second. I'm not scared. It's not Hitchcock. It's not Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. oh. But if if you're into that sort of thing, you know, yeah, check out the take take everything that you're seeing, anything that you read about the Warrens, take it with full salt mines. Okay, <laughs> like a handful of salt. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, just just walk just, around, just walk just, around with just a full take... uh, sealed <laughs> container of Mortons. And, yeah, and like pull that little pull that little metal funnel thing that's on it. And just be like, oh, I'm going to read about the Warrens. Hold on. And just start pouring into your mouth as you read. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure at some point we'll probably end up talking about some other stuff that involved the Warrens because well, they were pretty they, prevalent well, there for a long time. 10,000 investigations. 10, yeah, so we've got, we've got a lot of I cases mean, we could talk about. <laughs> but as we said at the top of this, this is going to be our your last episode of Spooky for uh, this month. And we're going to be moving into Spookytober. Spookytober. And the Spooky Tober <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Spooky Tober Week. Uh, <laughs> something. But uh yeah, so we'll be we'll be back next week. I'm gonna be t- uh we're, what we're gonna do is every week in October we're gonna talk about your basic your basic Halloween type we're gonna talk about vampires. So this episode is good is it's kind of a primer for what's gonna happen during the month of Spooky Toberween. <laughs> <laughs> Quit adding syllables. Spookytoberween. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Spookytoberween night, devils. <laughs> Eve. Eve. 
on the hollow. What? And if I, and if, uh, if I remember right, uh, we'll actually be recording an episode on Halloween, which will be released a couple days after. But I, mean, yeah. I do believe that uh, Halloween falls on a day that we record. Um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know it ran a little long, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, my name is Chris L. Dillon. And I'm Shane K. Witty. <laughs> You've been listening to Spooky. The Spooky Podcast. <laughs> we will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>